Well, hello and welcome to the Ministry of a Love Outreach. Tonight we are going to do a reading and talk our way through the first chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians, which if you're new to your Bible, you will find that in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So definitely if you are in a position where you can do so, please go ahead and grab a Bible and follow along with me tonight as we read our way and talk our way on through this. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and just jump on into this tonight. Starts out by saying, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Cornwinth, with all the saints who are in awe Achaia. So, first of all, let me just say that the role of the apostles, as we read this here, and we, we see Paul proclaiming that he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, but the role of the apostles was unique in the body of Christ. Now, just so you know, when the Bible talks about the body of Christ, um, uh, the church, it's not talking about any man-made institution, organization, denomination, or non-denomination. Okay, so it's not talking about the church in that sense. The church, the body of Christ, is made up of followers of Jesus that exist worldwide. Now, as I speak to you right now, I am actively part of that church, as are you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, as followers of Christ, it is a good thing to gather together with one another and to pray and to seek the Lord and encourage one another and help out with the needs of one another and such, right? We call that, we refer to that today as going to church. But what we are doing when we, quote, go to church is we're simply gathering together in one building as a group of believers, the body of Christ. And that is definitely a good thing to do. But there is no one true church, right, as some religions like to lay claim to, at least not from a biblical standpoint. You don't find that in the Bible, that there's one true church, right? But as the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth and Achaia, he was writing it to all the believers corporately, something he expected them to read when they gathered together and read it out loud and such, right? Though, and again, they too may have gathered in separate places due to convenience and to the sheer numbers of believers that might have lived in the area, it might have made it, it made it necessary for them to gather in smaller groups, what we might call today home fellowships. But the Apostle Paul and the other apostles chosen by the Lord, again, they had this very unique um, place in playing their role 
within the body of Christ. In the New Testament book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, speaking of Jesus our Lord, it says that he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So in verse 1 here, Paul is simply telling us that he was an apostle called by the Lord. Okay? He had a specific duty in the body of Christ, a very unique calling and ministry. And he was also giving greetings here, like, like I've mentioned, not just to the believers in Corinth, but also to all the believers throughout all of Achaia as well. And that is throughout the southern, you know, southern Greece there, right? And he says in verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, it's wonderful to know that this is what God our Father is like. He is called there in verse 3, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Is that how you know God today? The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And notice there, though, in verse 4, that it says that he comforts us in our trials, right? In our troubles, in our tribulation. It does not say that he puts an end to our trials, but he comforts us in them. And that's important because far too often um, people think that God is like a genie in a bottle. And many people have been discouraged and such as a result of thinking of God in that way, right? Like, I'll get what I wish for. Life will be easy. I'll become financially wealthy. All by just going to God. But let me tell you something, folks. That's not the case. And that's not what the scriptures teach. But it is a, a fact that in your troubles, in your trials, in the struggles that you go through, whatever it is that might come your way, God will be there to comfort you because he is merciful and he is the God of all comfort. The apostles themselves went through great sufferings. And as God showed them mercy and comforted them, we're going to see that they, they passed that comfort on to others. Right? And that's what it's telling us here in these scriptures. We are to pass on the comfort we receive in our troubles and you know what? That's how a healthy body of Christ actually works, right? The body of believers. We should be reaching out to comfort others with the same comfort that God gives to us. Have you gone through things in your life that you got through or found comfort from? 
Maybe you've learned something from an issue that you went through in life or a trial or whatever, something that you went through but you've learned from it. Well, you can pass that on to others. We need to be willing to not only receive, but also willing to give. Again, we are to be a functioning body where Jesus Christ is our head. We have all gone through difficult seasons of life. And more often than not, we come out the other side stronger. So the thing to do is to thank God for his mercy and for the comfort and strength that we've received. And then be willing to step out by faith and help others. And it is a step of faith to do that. So that's something we can learn here just from these first four verses, right? And it goes on to say in verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. So Paul is saying here that for testifying of Jesus, they suffered. But the Lord was there for them and was consoling them in all that they were doing, all that they were going through as they went about spreading the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It wasn't easy for them to do it. And Paul also knew that there was a reason for all the affliction and suffering that him and the others with him and the other apostles, Timothy and such, that they were going through. He, he knew there was a reason for it. And he says in verse 6, Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So, a little bit of redundancy here, maybe, but Paul is telling these believers that the suffering that the apostles, like him, were going through, um, they were going through it for the best reason of all, and that is to minister salvation to others. And today, you and I are the benefactors of all that the apostles went through. We understand the gospel because of their work in the ministry. We have the gospel. We have the written word of God today because of all that they went through and did. We have their writings to learn from, and that's what we're doing here, reading their writings, reading the writing of the Apostle Paul. We can see what they went through, and we can receive strength and comfort from the words they have passed on to us. And we can then, again, like I said, comfort others. Because we all go through situations and trials and such where we need to be reminded of what the Word of God says. We need to be reminded of who God is, that He is the Father of mercies, and that He is the God of all comfort. As troubles pile up in life or difficult circumstances come your way or you feel like maybe you can never catch a break, it's easy to get caught up in all of that chaos and be spinning out of control. 
And then it's nice when someone comes along and you share with them what you're going through and they comfort you with the comfort that they have received through the word of God. Right? So, and again, that's that's how the body of Christ should work with Jesus as our head. And we are his hands and feet and, and play many different roles within the body of Christ to exhort one another. This is why I do what I do here. Simply to exhort you to say, hey, I, I have found comfort from the Lord. I have found mercy from the Lord. I have found love from the Lord. The Lord has been there in my life. He has been my strength through the circumstances of life that I've gone through. And, and just he continues to work in me. And he'll continue to work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. He has a plan for your life. He ha you are created in his image. And, and he, gave, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He cares for you. He cares for me. And again, sometimes we want him to be that genie in the bottle, don't we? We want him to say, God, just get me out of this. But instead, he's with us in it. Right? It's like when you go through the storms of life and there's an old song that's coming to mind. I want to say it was from the late 90s or something like that. Um, but it says sometimes he calms the storm, but other times he calms his child. Right? So sometimes it says, and I'm kind of misquoting it here, but he lets the winds and the waves go wild, but it'll but calm you. And then other times he'll calm the storm. Right? But God knows what he's doing. He is a good, good father, and he knows what he's doing in our lives. So in verse 7, it goes on. The Apostle Paul says, And our hope for you is steadfast. So he's again, he's writing to these believers, and he says, Our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. So you see, it wasn't just the apostles that suffered. All disciples of Jesus take part in a suffering in a way. Why is that, right? Well, what, why does this happen? Well, in many ways, they're spiritual attacks, right? Because when you make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ and you commit your life to him, you become born of the Spirit at that time. And what happens is the Spirit begins to work in you. And you no longer think the way you used to think. And you no longer want to do the things you used to do because the Spirit of the Lord is within you as a follower of Jesus Christ, someone that has repented and turned around and committed your life to Christ. You're now in Christ at that point. You are a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. And what I just quoted to you, you can actually find that in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians here. 
You can go and read that. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. But sometimes there's battles that we go through, and, and you will go through. Why, why will we partake of sufferings? Because we're going against the grain. We, we no longer are of the world. We're in the world still, but no longer of the world. And we're seeking God now and, and instead of seeking the, the, the ways of the world and going along with the flow of the world, right? We're going in a different direction, right? And we begin a new life in Christ. And like I said, what happens is you become renewed in your mind as a result of his spirit working in you. And the world around you is going the opposite direction. It's not standing for what you're standing for. And trials may start to come in your, your life. The more and more that you're committed to Christ. But as you partake in sufferings, the Apostle Paul says, you're also going to partake in the consolation. The Lord's going to be with you in it. And the apostles had a much heavier dose of persecution and troubles than we do, I'm sure. Paul says here in verse 8, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even life. That's, that's where these struggles and these trials took them to. It's like, man, what good is this to even be alive? They'd rather depart and be with the Lord. right? But he said, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. So look at that. He has delivered us. He does deliver us. He will deliver us. See, ultimately there will be one final deliverance when we will ever be with the Lord. We'll be absent from these bodies someday and present with the Lord. So he has, he does, he will. You know, through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, he has set us free by his grace, by his mercy, by his love. He has delivered us. And as we go through this life, the does part there, right, where we're in the midst of this life and we're going through things, he delivers us and he is with us in it. But again, he's working something far greater in us. See, we might say, why doesn't he just take this, take us out of these trials? Why doesn't he just remove this from me? Because he's greater than us. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. His ways are much higher than ours. And he knows you 
better than you know yourself, better than anyone else knows you. He knows you and he's working out this plan in your life. So again, keep in mind, these apostles had this very unique calling. They suffered much, but they did so for our consolation. Everyone, whether followers of Christ or not, goes through difficult circumstances. But when you make the choice to repent and to become a follower of Jesus Christ, um, it, it does, it will like bring you a different set of trials. Like I said, the good news is, is you will grow in Christ. And the effects of these trials, you'll become stronger because you mature and you, you learn to surrender more. You learn to let go more. You learn to cast your cares upon him more. And you don't chase after the things of this world and you don't get ensnared by everything, its trappings and everything it's trying to give you. And that it wants to give you bondage right? And you find that because of the Spirit of the Lord working in you, you have more joy, more peace, more contentment, more hope. And again, thinking about the strength of the body of Christ, Paul says in verse 11, you also, helping um, together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. Man, there is so much meat in those two verses. You know, so much to chew on for nourishment. First of all, verse 11 there is shows us that there is power in prayer, right? It's important to pray for others that are in Christ as well, and those that are not in Christ. I'll tell you what, I need your prayers. If you, if you want someone to pray for, pray for me. I suffer attacks for doing this kind of thing right here, doing this very thing that I'm doing, teaching the Word of God. I suffer um, attacks because of this very thing, right? There's always some that Satan will, someone I should say, that Satan will try to use to cut you down when you're walking by faith, right? If he can't find someone to use, you know, against the work of spreading the word of God, he will do all he can to attack you from within, to discourage you. So, prayer is important. Pray for those around you. Pray for those in the ministry. Pray 
for your loved ones that don't have salvation if you've come to Christ. Prayer is important, but also notice in verse 12 there that Paul said that they conducted themselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God. So there is a fleshly wisdom. There is a worldly wisdom, but that's not what we're to live by, right? Like I said, there's so much for us to learn from this. There is a different way that we should conduct ourselves in this world. And the apostles did, and we should be, Paul has said it in, in, in other writings, be imitators of me, right? We should be known for simplicity. We should be known for godly sincerity, as Paul says there, right? And of course, all of this is a result of the grace of God. We are nothing if not for the grace of God. But the grace of God teaches us how we should live. It teaches us to deny ungodliness, to live soberly, to live righteously in this present age. And you can find that in the New Testament book of Titus chapter 2. Right? But what is simplicity? Paul mentions simplicity. What is godly sincerity? Well, this is something that we should ponder. Are you living your life today? Am I living my life today with that simplicity of just, Paul said, for example, you know, he preaches Christ and him crucified. It's that simple. It's as simple as coming to faith in Jesus. What is godly sincerity? Are you sincere in your walk in the Lord? These are things to meditate on, to ponder. These are not things that I can really answer for you. But we find in the scriptures instructions for our lives. Life can be complicated, right? But we can find simplicity in serving God and in seeking God. And again, all of this based on his grace. We have no righteousness of our own. It's all because of Christ that we stand. And we need to stand in Christ, firm in him. But as we read the word of God, it's a good thing to be diligent about applying it to our own life and circumstances. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it tells us that the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, that it pierces even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and that, speaking of the Word of God again, it says that it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God will do a work within you if you'll come to Jesus by faith. And we all need the grace of God. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. He is our strength. He is our peace. He is our hope. He is our all in all. 
Now, let's go ahead and follow the Apostle Paul's writing here as we close out this chapter, and we'll, we'll continue on here. I'll get through the whole chapter here, but he says, For we are not writing any other things to you than what you read or understand. Now I trust you will understand even till the end, as also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast, as you also are ours, in the day of the Lord Jesus. So Paul seems to be saying we need each other. We are the body of Christ. We're united together. You pray for me. I'll pray for you. Let's encourage one another. And let's keep doing this all the way till the day of the Lord, till Jesus comes again, or we are in his presence. And Paul, you know, he even he wanted to go and visit them. And he says in verse 15, And in this confidence I intended to come to you before, that you might have a second benefit, to pass by the way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you, and be helped by you on the way to Judea. So again, Paul needed their help as well. He needed, he needed them to help provide in the work that he was doing. He played his role in the body of Christ, and Paul wanted, needed them to, to play their role in helping him in the work that he was doing. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ working in unity. Therefore, when I was planning this, he said, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Cornrith. Now, let me give you to the best of my ability a summation of those last seven verses I just read to you. They can be kind of confusing, and I don't claim to know everything, but we must understand that in one way here, we're reading someone else's mail, right? What do I mean by that? Well, we just have one part of the communication that was taking place here. We have Paul's writing. Paul, through other gospel workers, what Timothy was doing, what Silvanus was doing, he was getting information about what was going on in these gatherings, right? These churches, if you will that existed throughout all that region. And he, Paul was getting information and, and, and finding out what was being done and said and all that, and things were being communicated to him. We, we're not hearing all that part of it. We're just getting this one side here when we read this. 
So they were living their lives. They, they, you know, that is the body of Christ, the believers, the church. They were living their lives, gathering together in fellowship. They were communicating in one way or another back and forth with Paul. So Paul here seems to be addressing something that he heard about what they were thinking or what they had to say. So in summation of those last seven verses, he seems to say, hey, you guys think that I take things too lightly? That maybe I'm like wishy-washy and I'm paraphrasing here. But the fact of the matter is, is when I say yes, I mean yes. And when I say no, I mean no. You see, there was issues, right? Like I'm saying, in the churches. And, and they would probably send to Paul for advice on how to deal with this circumstance or that circumstance. But Paul's clarifying for them here that he was firm in the stance that he took, just like in Christ Jesus. Yes is yes and no is no. The commands of the Lord are solid and confirmed. And Paul is saying, that's how I live too. Jesus is faithful and Paul's saying, I just want to be faithful to the Lord. And, and he's pointing them to look to the Lord. So you can trust what Paul seems to be telling them. And the promises of God and Jesus are yes and amen. In other words, they are confirmed. They all came true. The promises of the coming Messiah, the promises that were in Jesus. Let me read verse 20 again. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us, Paul was saying. So Jesus is the fulfillment of everything. He's all we need. We are complete in him. And Paul was assuring him, them here that he was testifying to them of Jesus. And he was taking his stance based on what the Lord has called him to do, what God has called him to do. He's saying, God put us in this position to do what we're doing. Yes, there were problems amongst the believers, and that kind of thing still goes on today due to human nature. There's problems in churches where you go and gather. There's problems everywhere in this life, right? And when Paul says there in verse 23 that to spare you I came no more to Cornworth, he may be saying that he stayed away to avoid coming down on them too hard, right? He said, I held back. <laughs> To spare you, I didn't come. But he says in verse 24, though, after all that, right, he says in verse 24, not that we have dominion over your faith. Now, that's important. See, Paul knew he wasn't their head. You see, no pastor, no high religious individual is over you over your faith. Only Jesus holds that position. He is the head. He goes on to say here in verse 24 that he was just a fellow worker, as were the others that worked with him, right? And his purpose was to bring them joy. And the last thing that I want to leave you with here tonight as we close, from the Word of God, I want to leave you with the last four words 
of this chapter. It says, by faith you stand. So I encourage you tonight, if you have not come to faith in Jesus, come. He is faithful. He is true. He is yes and amen. You can trust him. You can trust all that he says. Through his apostles, he's allowed us to have his teachings. You can read these teachings. You can grow in your faith. You can grow stronger in your faith. And if you know him tonight and you profess faith in Jesus Christ, and maybe you're going through some trials, be they outwardly, be they inwardly, keep the faith. By faith you stand. Fight the fight of faith. He is the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies. So as you go through your troubles, again, he's there in it with us. He's an ever-present help in time of need. His throne is a throne of grace. You can come to him for help. He knows we are weak. None of us have or ever will in this life arrive to a place of perfection. We'll always need the Lord. We'll always need to walk by faith and not by sight. So by faith you stand. That's where you need to plant yourself in faith in, the, faith in Jesus. So by faith we must press on. So God bless, God bless you. We'll go ahead and stop here for tonight. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. And we got a bunch of hellos here. I'll take a look at the comments. Hello from Rebecca. Gary, hello, Gary. Kevin, good to see you here tonight, both Kevins that are here. Michael, Rachel, thank you for the welcome back. Yeah, I did take a little break. I, I took uh, kind of like the last couple months of the year off. Um, just needed that break. I kind of been doing this recording stuff, doing this for 14 years without really taking a break and... Uh, it was just I needed that time of refreshing myself. I needed that break, so I kind of took that time off from doing this. But um, hello to Gwen and Jay. Um, Maddie Ice. Hello, Matthew. Good night, Uncle Dave. Amen. God bless you guys. Uh, it's good to have you all here, and I uh, hope you have a good night. And hope all is well with you. And uh, we'll see you next time, whenever the next time is. So, God bless.